This episode is brought to you by our self-care guide full of practical tips to help you prioritize your self-care. Download the guide at thejuggle.com.au forward slash self-care. If you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Olovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi everyone, it's Lucy here. And Joe. how is everyone going? Hope you're as well as we are. Um, well, actually in my case, I'm not that well. I'm feeling a little bit sick. Never the positive mindset. Yeah. <laughs> <You'll> be- <laughs> Hope we're all great. Well, I'm still laughing. Exactly right. Yeah. So because we're having one of those rare moments where we're actually recording just a few days before we're releasing an episode, we thought we might give you a little real-time update on what we've been up to. And the first thing to note is that one of the two of us, which was me, forgot to press publish on last week's (laughs) podcast episode on Thursday and realized at about 10 o'clock on Sunday night as I went to share on LinkedIn that I actually hadn't published the episode. So my apologies for that. That was entirely my fault. And I actually have no idea how I managed to let that happen. So sorry. It might be because we were planning to change things up a bit. So we'll blame it on that. But regardless, what we would like to ask of all of you listeners is if you ever noticed that an episode hasn't been published on Thursday when it's supposed to be, please send us an email. Just say, yeah. you know, Lucy, Joe, what are you up to? Where's that episode gone? You know, we're waiting for it and it hasn't appeared in our podcast player. Yeah, because we managed to send <clears throat> out our link to our subscribers, yeah. the link to the episode telling you here it is, it's been published and it, it hadn't been published. So <laughs> sorry to those of you who were like, what's going on here? I'm trying to click this link and it's not working. So there's my first confession of the day. Other news. <laughs> How am I? I'm going really good. I had a fantastic weekend. And aside from being a bit sick, things are actually looking up because the last month has been a series of kind of near disasters with an injured child, a couple of nights in hospital, a washing machine that exploded and flooded our upstairs. And I don't know, there was a couple of other things in there. So I'm just actually really happy that things seem to be settling down a bit. It's going to be a good week. It's going to be a good I'm week. Feeling that. But I want to do a little drum roll because Lucy has an announcement, which is really exciting. Come Lucy. It's not that I have a new baby because every time (laughs) someone says that, I thought, let's just get that clear. Every time someone's like, I've got big news, I always think, baby, it's not that. I'll tell you when that comes to that. But it is that I have a new podcast, which is not juggle related at all, completely different topic. It's called Doing Law Differently. And it's all about interviewing leaders in law who are thinking outside the box and who are practicing law or running law businesses in new and different ways. And for a lot of you, you will think, thanks, but no thanks, because I have no interest in law, which is completely fine. But we do have a lot of listeners here who are lawyers and who will be interested in that. So if that's something that you're keen to hear more about, then you'll find me wherever you're listening to us now on all of your favorite podcast players. So it's Doing Law Differently and I'll include the link in the show notes too. Yeah, and we're also going to be linking to it in our email this week for this episode. So if you want to know what's actually happening with us on a weekly basis, we've been sending out emails every week to our subscribers to let them know about the new episode coming out. And we're going to start adding a little bit more information in that. So you'll get an update for where we're at, what we've been doing, what's coming up, 
where we're going to be speaking in the coming weeks or months, any events we have coming up. So, you know, it might be a lunch in the city or, we're, you know, we're thinking now about Christmas lunches. So anything like that, the information's all going to be in the email because that's the best way for us to be able to give real-time information. So if you want to know what's going on, then just subscribe and you can do that on the website. Today's interview for you is a juggle interview with one of the lovely members of our juggle community. Yeah, Piper. Piper Walquist is a chemical engineer, a mum, and an enthusiastic home chef. Together with her partner, she balances raising her two-year-old in between working a pretty high-pressured and also high-travel full-time job. And just because that's not enough, she's now also completing an MBA. We've got to know Piper over the last year or so since she joined our juggle community. And so it's nice to have a chat with her offline and on a different forum and to share some of her story with you all. And if you want to, you know, get involved with people like us and Piper, then join our community. So the links to that are in the at the end of the episode and also in the show notes. And I've got to say, stay tuned to the end of this interview because there is a very funny thing that happens right at the end um, with Lucy and it will give you all a very, um, very big laugh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's relatable for everyone. Yeah, yeah. So stay tuned. Have a listen. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Hey, Piper. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Good to be here. Are you sure about that? You were, you know, maybe a little nervous. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like having a chat to us anywhere else. We've exactly. Just got, it's just being recorded. We'll just pretend we're at lunch. <laughs> Let's start, Piper, with the favourite question of mine that I like to ask all our jugglers, which is what time did your day start today? Oh, I had a bit of a sleep in today, not on oh. purpose, but about six is our usual morning start time. My little boys are pretty good sleeper, so I am waking him up at the moment rather than the reverse, which is oh, nice. Oh, you don't have a little child alarm clock? No, I did for a long time, but he's, this winter he's decided it's better to be in bed than out, which is lovely. Except when you've got places to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so are you sleeping in longer or are you sort of getting up, setting the alarm and like enjoying a bit of the day before someone wakes you up? I have tried that Joe, I, for a long time I was so I didn't have an alarm clock because he was reliably up between five thirty and six, or between five and six even, and I didn't have anything. And I've just had to start setting one again. Much harder to get out of bed to an alarm clock than to a, a child calling for you. So <laughs> I'm struggling to to do the half an hour of peace beforehand. So what do you do? What's your kind of morning routine? Both my husband and I work full-time. So we're up between 5.30 and 6. We, one of us does try and get up early and jump in the shower before the chaos really starts. <laughs> but then whoever's sort of half ready first goes and wakes up our little boy, Hugo, and we get the morning routine going, try and get some breakfast into him. And we aim to be out the door by 7, but it's closer to 7.30 most mornings, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then we drop Hugo at daycare, which is quite close to us, just around the corner. Um, and then my husband, Sam, and I drive into work together. Ah, so there's no having to decide who's doing drop-off? No, it depends. If one of us has got uh, early meetings or something, we might go in separately. Mm. I, you know, I work with the US a fair bit, so it's not uncommon for me to have a 7 o'clock call or even I've had some 6 o'clock calls. Yeah. And I tend to try and get into the office for those rather than do that from home because invariably everyone can hear the morning routine in the background. (laughs) 
which I think they should all accept. It depends what it is, right? So some some meetings I do call them from home, but the 6am ones lately have been um, capital request type meetings and I'm dealing with the CFO and the CEO and I feel like I should probably be in a quieter environment for that. I like that you and your husband drive into work together. There was a time a couple of years ago when Jack was, he's a painter and he was painting my offices and we drove into work every day and I was like a hyper little school girl and I was like, this is so much fun. It's like a date. We're driving to work together. We never get this child free time. I was loving life because I thought it was amazing, which is really, really lame and tells you a lot about my life. <laughs> I quite enjoy it too. Yeah, you do. That was my question. It's a good bit of time where we don't have anything else happening you know you know you're not competing with attention for anything else two of us just sit in the car we might just listen to the radio or just have a chat about something happening in our lives I normally still have my coffee on the go so it's quite enjoyable Hmm. I'm glad I'm not the only one who enjoyed that enjoyed that time (laughs) and you travel for work a fair bit so how does the family adjust when you need to travel it's a good question my both my husband and I travel a fair bit for work um luckily lately it's sort of only overnights really certainly never longer than a week and I think we're lucky that Hugo seems to be quite happy with either of us as long as one of the parents is home that that's enough he's not particularly um, more concerned if I'm away or if my husband is away obviously he much prefers it when we're all there together but yeah he doesn't seem to be too concerned by that and ultimately it is a bit tougher on the person still at home, but really the routine plays out much the same. We had a conversation about travel recently in the Juggle community, our Facebook group, and about how fathers who travel are often ask different types of questions to mothers who travel. So given that both you and your husband travel for work and are away from the family for whatever periods of time, have you two discussed that? Do you two get asked different questions or do, are you approached in a different way? Do people think differently? You're laughing, so I'm guessing there's yeah, something behind this. Yeah. <laughs> because a couple of months ago I was in Brisbane for a few days for, for work and a colleague of mine who's similar in age and has got two small children as well bailed me up and asked me who was looking after Hugo. Now, was this colleague female or male? Male. Yep. And you said you've left him at home by himself, right? Yeah. Something, something to that effect. You know, he's two and a half, he can open the fridge, he'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't, but it did make me think and I got quite um, frustrated about it and I called Sam that night, quizzed him, has he ever been asked who's looking after Hugo when he is away? And he just didn't answer. He sort of was like, what, what are you asking what? me? <laughs> he's setting me up for something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which sort of... Um, led to my reply on that, that post in the, in the community. I don't, I don't understand it. I feel like we should, particularly with you know, people of, my, of our generation that are, have got families themselves, I think, why are you asking me this question? It just seems so ridiculous. Is that really how you, your family still runs? And, mm-hmm. and maybe it is, but it's always quite surprising. And, you know, in order to make all of this kind of juggle stuff happen, like with the travel and, and I know that you're studying as well, one of the things that we also talk about a lot is outsourcing and I always find that you always have some great tips to share. So what are some of the big things that you do from an outsourcing perspective? I don't think I outsource a lot. We have a cleaner, but we have had a cleaner for a long time, long before we had children, yeah. which started when Sam was FIFO and we found that he would be home on the weekend. We didn't have a lot of time together and we would spend it cleaning and we would just get cranky at each other about the whole process. So we just decided to outsource it. And then obviously once kids are in the mix, it's even more tedious a task. So we just kept that. 
other than that, the only thing we outsource is is really the daycare. And as I said, we both work full-time. He goes there five days a week, which is a lot. I've begun to realise that he's one of the few at his daycare that's there um, every day. And if he's off sick, they get quite distressed because they're used to him. Like he's part of the sort of the routine at daycare that he's there. But I don't outsource much else than that. I, we're big on the prep and the organising. Yeah, maybe that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, I've always been a bit of a meal, certainly a planner, a meal prep person, and we still do that really strongly. We've got a like a, a week planner thing on the on the kitchen bench that our routine, we start on a Friday night. I don't know why, that's just how we run it, that we sit down and plan out the next seven days who's where, who's travelling. I'm at uni one night a week, so what night I'm at uni and not home and then work out the rough meal plan. I'm not to say it doesn't change because it does, but just to give us an indicator of what's happening for the week, we try and pick easy things for the nights that only one of us is home. Yeah. So you're not trying to cook some massive meal when you're also trying to wrangle a, a, two, a tired and mm. hungry two-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the main one. I'm big on the slow cooker as well, chuck things in in the morning or prep it the night before and, and put the slow cooker in. So when you get home, all you have to do is serve it or maybe cook some pasta and serve it um we had a big family lunch on the weekend just gone and it was so funny my sister and I were both commenting about how mostly when you're at home it's just moving from meal to meal and you know (laughs) you you feel like you've just done breakfast and you've tidied it up and all of a sudden it's prepping for lunch yeah and it's never ending yes agree and I'm grateful for daycare for a lot of that like the weekends getting lunch for a toddler on the weekend I always think I don't know what to give you for lunch yeah. <laughs> I sort of because I don't we don't do it that often as eats at daycare so often you'll have to get creative when those lunch boxes start happening oh I know I'm dreading it I'm dreading it <laughs> isn't that what school canteens are for <laughs> oh, that's true that's an option absolutely this episode is brought to you by us managing the juggle we want to ensure more women feel like they're living the dream of a successful career and a fulfilling family life If this message resonates with you, then get in touch to find out how we can be booked to speak at your next event or conference or in-house with your organisation. For more information, visit our website and go to the link www.thejuggle.com.au forward slash speak. So Piper, did you make your choice about when you started your family or you and your husband make your choice about when you started your family around your career goals and where you were at in your career? Not specifically, I don't think. Mm. I, I certainly, we didn't start earlier because I felt like I wasn't in a position that I was happy with to step away from, but I didn't have a, like a role or a job that I wanted to get to before we started trying. Mm. Um, I will say that we were quite lucky. My husband had been keen to start a family and I sort of had kept putting it off because I didn't <laughs> think I was in a role that I was happy with. <clears throat> Um, and then I finally conceded and said, okay, we can start trying under the illusion that it would take <laughs> 18 months, two years. I had friends that had a lot of trouble, so I assumed the same would happen for me. And we fell pregnant almost immediately and consequently ended up with a Christmas baby, which was not at all what I had intended. As a December baby myself, I thought, oh, God, it's the worst thing ever. And oh. I didn't want to do that. And then he was due on the 23rd of December. Oh, um, <laughs> He luckily came early, but... Oh, that's exactly the same as my sister. The three of them are within four days of each other in December. Oh. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. So what about when you fell pregnant and you were making that decision then about 
okay, what's this going to mean? Because you obviously thought you had 18 months to two years to prepare for those questions. <laughs> and then they came up a bit quicker than expected. So how did you feel and how did you approach the whole idea of maternity leave given you're a very career-minded woman? I was probably in denial for a long time about what it actually meant. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I just sort of was like, you know, I'm pregnant, this thing, you know, we'll get through it. And I just sort of took it as it came. And I was quite open with my boss at the time that I I didn't know how long I would want off. Yeah. Maybe I would be ready to come back after six months or, you know, maybe I'd want 12. I had no idea. And I was quite open that I really didn't know. And I that was really all the, the conversation. I think I just sort of went at it from a, you know, we'll see what happens. I was reasonably, like I was in a good position. I was running a small site in the Pilbara at the time. So I had quite a bit of flexibility about how I, as the senior person on site, on how I wanted to run that and what was going to work for me. I had a great team that had spent a couple of years building up and knew that they were competent and could sort of manage the site without me there. And that was really all. I didn't have a, it sounds weird because I'm a big planner in every other aspect. I did not plan <laughs> my pregnancy or maternity leave at all. I think it's really kind of hard to plan for, for your first child especially, because you just don't know yet how you're going to feel when you're, child is born and what that's going to mean and how you're going to feel about your career how you're going to feel about your family you can plan for it but I think having an open mind is really really important because it's such a huge transition yeah I think that was part of the reason I didn't plan was because I didn't know all my other plans have been about things that I've been able to understand and, and comprehend and I went I don't know and I just was open about not knowing yeah and there's probably also partly that denial factor. I know that that, um, know that, that yeah. was a big thing for me. So when you were on mat leave, I know that you kept in touch. So how did you keep in touch when you were on mat leave? I actually, I've since realised this is not normal. I took my phone and laptop on mat leave with me. <laughs> I love that you say, I've realised this normal. is not normal. <laughs> um, particularly in sort of our business, I've got some friends that are on mat leave at the moment and they've all handed them all in. But And I think possibly because I was on a remote site, there was no one more senior than me to sort of say you need to hand these over, so I just took them. But did you take them and you use them? Or did uh, you just my phone have them? is my only phone. So, yeah. yes, I did. Um, I turned off the um, alerts on my email so mm-hmm. I didn't get them sort of popping up and, you know, that red dot number climbing up you know, over mm-hmm. the weeks. Um, but that doesn't mean to say I didn't jump into it occasionally and see what was going on. And then... I think Hugo was only eight weeks old maybe when we had our leadership team or our executive leadership team come up um, to our site and they sort of do a road trip around the, around the west occasionally and my boss was really keen for me to meet some of those people. So I, my mum was still staying with us at the time and I went into work for, a, I wouldn't call it a full day, it was a short day, but to sort of do a site visit with them and bring them up to speed on some of the stuff we were doing. That was tough and I probably on reflection I don't think I would do that again. He was still really little. I had a lot of trouble breastfeeding or he had a lot of trouble breastfeeding. I think I don't I think I would probably had enough milk but he just couldn't quite get the hang of it. So I was pumping all the time. Managed to get some of the people on site to um modify my office to turn it into a breastfeeding office. They put a fridge in the corner and put blinds on the windows and everything for me but I was yeah pumping every couple of hours the whole time I was there that's so good that they made those modifications for you again I think it's easy when you are the senior person on site right yeah they yeah. just sort of said 
yep, whatever, small site as well. Like they literally just went into the local hardware store and bought blinds and moved a fridge out of another office, you know, another crib room into it. Which goes to show that it's it's not that hard. It's easy, right, if you need it. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think I would do that again. I had a cesarean as well, so I was still recovering from that at eight weeks. I mean, just started to be able to drive by myself. But not long after that, probably about four months, I, um, I think it was four months old, I went to Perth for two nights for a leadership workshop run by Chief Executive Women, which was a fantastic opportunity. By that stage, Hugo was on formula because the breastfeeding had just not worked, so that made that trip a fair bit easier for me. Sam was able to look after Hugo and feed him. He, they, he didn't come. The timing just meant that Sam couldn't get away to come with me. He could look after Hugo for the two days, but he couldn't get away to do the flying as well. Yeah. That was a three session. So I did three rounds of the two days in Perth, um, all on mat leave. And then obviously I work in mining. And so I came down to Perth for the Women in Mining Summit, which is in September every year as well. So all of those things were on my mat leave and were considered my keeping in touch days. Were they things that you'd planned in advance or was it more of a wait and see how I feel and maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go? They were not at all planned in advance. Mm. I didn't even have the idea, particularly the, the chief executive women piece. I had no idea that was even on the on the cards. My boss just um, called and said, I've heard about this course. It re- sounds really good. Would you be interested? Let me know if you think you can make it work. What a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And so reflecting now... You know, three years later, uh, no, not even a couple of years Almost, later. Yeah. A <laughs> couple of years later, is is that something that you know whether you intend to have more kids again? Is that something that you kind of look back on and think that was the right decision, or do you look at it and think I felt pressured to do that, or I wish I hadn't done that, or what are the pros and cons now looking back? Certainly, <clears throat> probably wouldn't have done the you know the site visit at, at eight weeks. I think I, there wasn't a lot of value there for me or for the people that I was taking around site. My the supervisor that was filling in for me was totally capable of doing that in my absence. But certainly the chief executive women piece was really good and I found that super helpful to um, at a point where I was considering what am I doing with my career now. I sort of felt like I was in a transition place piece and that those workshops really helped me work out what I did want to do. That was fantastic. And the Women in Mining Summit, I would definitely go again. It's always a fantastic day and it felt it gave me an opportunity to reconnect with some of my colleagues, you know, without sort of being in the office and feeling like I had to be doing, have an output. Mm. I love that idea. There's there's two things there. One, the time on maternity leave to reflect, the time to reconnect because you can feel like you're so far away from anything and everyone when you've yeah. become a new mum. And, and two, you can feel like I don't know what to do with myself anymore. Yeah. I really valued both of those things for that, for those purposes. So now you're a few years on, like Joe just mentioned, you're well into the swing of things. You've got your routine going and you've got your planning and your meals all, all prepped each Friday night. <laughs> what do you enjoy? <laughs> yeah, right. What do you enjoy most about being a working parent? What are some of the real big benefits for you? I love being a mum, but I think like a lot of us, I don't feel anywhere near as competent as, at that as I do in my career. So I think I need both pieces to get, I really need that sort of, I think if I was full-time mum, I would just feel totally overwhelmed all the time. I'm also not a craft mum or any of those things. And I love <laughs> that daycare does the painting and all the glitter yeah, the and the sandpit piece. I just am not into that at all. Mm, me neither. And daycare is 
fantastic for really wearing if you go out he is a highly strung two-year-old maybe they're all like that it's quite possible and they do a whole lot of activities and, and really engage him in ways that I think both my husband and I would struggle to do at home full-time and what about the hardest thing the hardest thing is balancing it all um, I think like everyone we, we've had moments where everything's falling apart at work and you need to put in extra time and it just so happens that that's when child comes down with some gets, yeah, disgusting yeah. disease that you can't take to daycare <laughs> we don't have um parents neither my parents or my husband's parents live in, in WA so we don't have um much support there my sister-in-law is here and she helps out a lot but she works full-time as well so she can't help us on during the day so I don't know how many times I've tried to do a teleconference and put Hugo down in front of the tv and like half an hour of bananas in pyjamas, you'll love this, you never get this normally. (laughs) Um, And invariably it's the one time that he just wanders off from the TV and comes in and he's like, what are you doing, Mum? Oh, that's making me think of those, um, what was that one, the the, the man who was on the media interview? On the TV. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just like that. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, mate, I'm like, I need half an hour on the phone. I know, but it's the time when you want the half an hour that he's going to want you. If you yeah. don't want your half an hour, he'll be happy. Yeah, yeah it's exactly how it pans out. <laughs> they know, which beautifully leads us to that whole issue of boundaries and it sounds like you have the same flex approach to boundaries that perhaps we do. Yeah, I certainly do. I was re-listening to um, one of your earlier podcasts with Jess, Courtney. Yes. And I, I think I'm very similar approach. I work in, an, so I work in mining, but we're in, I'm in mining services, so... Everybody in my office works quite flexibly. We're often travelling. It's not uncommon for people to put in a few hours in the evening if something else has happened. And so I, I work like that as well. I always have with this business, so I don't feel like that's changed dramatically now that I have kids. It's, so it's not unusual for me to go home early. I you know, have freedom to leave early if I want to go to daycare and go to the Mother's Day afternoon tea or um, yeah. and then we just trade that off. And I use the same approach with um, uni as well I often trade off a bit of work like nine to five work time um, to get something done for uni and then catch it back up later in the day or do a few hours on the weekend while Hugo's having a nap in the afternoon or something. So with these highs and lows and this flexible approach is there something that ties it all together are there is there a mantra or words that you live by? The mantra I knew this was going to come up and I don't did really have one I've been pondering it um, <laughs> I think Really the only one that I can think of is um, think of Dory from Finding Nemo and a bit of Just <laughs> yeah. Keep Swimming. And the benefit, the, the bonus there is that, is that it always makes me laugh a bit too, which in a, you know, a moment of stress is always nice as well. So, Yeah, well, you yeah. can have Ellen DeGeneres' voice in your head, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. <laughs> Very cool. And for everyone who's out there listening who's like us doing this crazy juggle, What's your piece of advice? This was a bit easier for me to come up with. <laughs> I think the main one that I would say to everybody is just do what works for you um, and do that until it doesn't, right? Yes. There's no right or wrong, so just do what works for you. I love that bit about do it till it doesn't. That, yeah, I think that's a really like important that. add-on. <laughs> so 
So it comes from one of the mums in my mother's group used to say to us, it's not a problem unless it's a problem for you. And particularly when kids are really little, everyone's like, oh, he takes a dummy, is that a problem? Or he does this, (laughs) is that a problem? And she always used to say, it's not a problem unless it's a problem for you. If you don't have a problem with the dummy, it's it's okay. And so I just think of that when, Uh. you know, we're doing some ridiculous convoluted nighttime routine that <laughs> means we've got to go out and say goodnight to the stars and do all this stuff. And I think, do you know what? It works. It takes 15 minutes to read the book and go outside and whatever. But then I kiss you, go goodnight and turn the light off and I don't mm. see him for 12 hours. So yeah. it works for me. The other thing I like about that add-on though is that it lets you change your mind mm. because often we're doing something a certain way and that's the way we do it and we feel like we have to always do that because that's who I am. You're committed. Yeah, and so you're committed to doing something in a certain way, but you're right, It's until it doesn't work anymore, then change it and do something a different way. Yeah. Like when you're podcast recording and Harry's on the floor and, <laughs> and it's not working because he wants to be picked up. <laughs> okay, and we're going to be honest here because we're, we're real and we're juggling and I've just changed his nappy and he has no nappy on and he's just weed on me. Oh. Like literally as you were saying those words. I'm like, great, great. So I think that, that might be the time. end of this interview. Yeah, and I think that it's time to get this expressing and bottle feeding going because he's a chatterbox and now he's weed on me. Oh, so that's cool. so funny. So thanks, Piper. <laughs> it was good. It was lovely to chat to you. And I think your mantra of keep doing what works until it doesn't work might just be a little message in disguise for me there. Mm. Love it. Thanks, Piper. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to hear some more, then why don't you go to your favorite podcast player and subscribe, and then you will never miss a new episode. And if you want to come and have a chat with us, then join us in our Facebook community, which is called The Juggle Community. And you can find the links to that and to all the different places where you can listen to our podcasts on our website, which is www.thejuggle.com.au. See you next time. Happy juggling.